Welcome to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and this is a podcast about minimalism, sort of. It's a podcast about how living with less stuff and less distractions can help us focus on what's most important. So what you'll find here, of course, we will talk to cluttering and living with less, but we'll also talk about the important things in life and how to approach them intentionally. We'll approach topics of motherhood, home life, relationships, work, our health, and the important things in general that fill up our days. And what you won't find here, a perfectionist version of minimalism. I'm a mom, a full-time teacher, and a podcaster, and I've found the version of minimalism that you may find on Instagram or Pinterest to be unattainable. We aren't minimalism purists here. We're simply focused on living with less in a way that's realistic to us. It's a version of minimalism I personally like to call minimal-ish. The goal is not living with less for the sake of less here, or to make sure our homes make us look like a minimalist. The goal is living with less in a real way so that we can have more time and space and energy to focus on what matters most. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. I am excited to be talking to you about the topic of time management today, productivity, whatever else you want to call it. On this podcast, if you've been listening for a while, you know that we pretty much talk about how we can simplify our lives in general. It's not just about decluttering our homes. It goes deeper than that. It goes to decluttering and simplifying our schedules, decluttering and simplifying our routines, and even our mindset. And today we're going to focus in on that schedule and routines piece of it. Here's the thing. When I think of productivity, usually it feels overwhelming. Might be because I'm very type B and definitely not like a list and structured type of person, but it also is because the world of productivity out there feels overwhelming. I think to many of us, probably that is true. So I love when there are women out there who are talking about productivity in a way that is just life bringing and grace filled. Today I have Kara Harvey on from the Purpose Driven Mom, and we are talking about how time blocking can work for motherhood. We're talking about productivity and motherhood in general, but we are looking specifically at time blocking. So if you've ever kind of wanted to find your stride with time blocking or you've been intrigued by the idea but haven't really understood what it is about or how to implement it, or maybe you tried implementing it but it just didn't work for your life, This episode is going to be a great overview on how we can make it work when our lives are filled up with a lot of different things like work and motherhood and whatever else fits in there, whatever else life is filled up with for you. How do we fit the things that matter within time blocks so that we can have some type of structure to our day, but it isn't about perfection. It isn't about focusing on only one thing for like three hours of your day, because we all know that that's not possible in motherhood. So this episode really can apply to you whether your work is in the home, whether you work from home, or whether you work outside of the home, whether you're a mom or not, really this can apply to anyone. We do talk about it through the lens of motherhood as we do a lot of things on this podcast, but I think it can apply to anyone, really. So I love this grace-filled approach to time blocking, to productivity in general from Kara, and I know you're going to love it too. But I do want to let you know, 
in this episode, I had to have my baby with me for the first like 20 minutes. So if you do hear a couple of her noises, that's what you're hearing. Bear with us if you hear a couple baby noises. All right, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Okay, well, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today, Kara. Um, before we get started, could you just introduce yourself to our listeners, let them get to know you, uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah, I am Kara Harvey. I'm the founder of A Purpose Driven Mom. My kids, which is funny, right? Isn't that how we start? My kids are four, six, and 15. Uh, and I am definitely one of those accidental entrepreneurs. I was a burnt out school teacher. And right around year seven, I just realized I couldn't do it anymore. I had kind of lost myself in serving others and showing up for everybody else. And my anxiety had gotten really high. And I remember coming home and telling my husband, I just can't do it. I, I need something else. And he's so supportive. And he said, okay, but you have to make money. So we need a different plan. And I was dabbling in network marketing at the time. And I thought maybe I could make this a whole thing. And I hate the word hustle, but it is 100% what I did that year to be able to make that bare minimum to leave and come home and go into full-time network marketing. And I did that for about three years. And on the outside, it looked really successful, right? I had the six-figure business, 250 people on my team and all of that. But on the inside, I was absolutely drowning because I was doing all the same things that burnt me out as a teacher in my business. I was carrying my laptop around with me. It was like inbox zero, or I refused to go to bed. I was so afraid to lose a sale. And I was stuck in this hustle and grind mentality that I thought, I can't do this anymore. And so right when I was about eight, I think eight months pregnant with my son, again, I said to my husband, I think I'm going to shift. I think I'm going to do something different. And like, stop network marketing and start on my own. Are we okay? Like, can we do this? He said, sure. And then about a month later, he lost his job and was out of work for eight months. And so uh, thankfully I had built up enough to like sort of get us by, but it wasn't enough losing his income for that long, you know, and we had almost lost everything. We almost filed bankruptcy. We were on food stamps, just sitting at the food bank, like hoping for something to happen all while I was dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression and trying to grow a business. And so the first year of my business really felt like this experiment in how I can do something and help people. Cause I just felt this nudge. Like I just knew it could help moms out there. And right around year two is when I found my stride with productivity, because what I realized was everything out there for moms has a super masculine energy of go, go do hustle 5am or you're failing. Like you don't want it bad enough. You have to have like the biggest why, or you're a failure. And I stopped and I said, it's just different for us. We're trying to juggle so many things and it's okay to name that it's different for us. And let's start looking at it differently. And so now I get to help uh, over th 3000 women in my courses. Uh, my book just came out in January, the 15 minute formula, all about this grace and intentional based approach to productivity instead of shame and hustle. And I absolutely love it. I'm so thankful that I get this opportunity to work with moms in particular and help them figure out how they can go after their goals, whatever they are, without always sacrificing themselves first or feeling like they have to never sleep again or stay up till three in the morning and try to function the next day. I can fully stand behind that. I have been there um, with just like waking up early, trying to work in every spare minute that I can as a mom. And that's the encouragement that we get, but it's not realistic for us. So I love your story. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to hear a little bit more about your book and kind of what it's about, who it's for. So could you tell us a little bit more about the 15 minute formula? Sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny. People have write a book on their bucket list and I am not one of those people. 
I started a podcast because I didn't actually like writing. And I thought, I'm never going to write a book. And what happened was, it was one of my virtual events. I run a summit every spring and we're all getting excited and hyped up and sharing goals. And I got so frustrated trying to find books for moms around productivity that actually made sense. I said, you know what? Maybe next year I'll write a book. This was in 2021 because I had my plan for 2021. Like I was like, I, I can't do this now. And uh, that was on a Friday. And on Monday, I got an email from one of those like virtual mentors that you don't really know, but sends all, you know, emails. And the subject line was, I want to help you write your book. And I was like, wait a minute, I guess, I guess it's time. And so uh, it was actually for an in-person event uh, on two days that I had actually planned on taking off anyway, because it was after my event, literally an hour from my house. And I thought, I think I just have to go to this and learn about book writing. And after leaving that event, I realized one this story and this message in this book needs to be heard by moms and that I am capable of doing it. Cause I had that voice in my head, like, who are you to write a book? Like, you can't do this. You're not that great of a writer. You know, we call it um, our inner critic over here at a purpose to remind her name is Julia of mine. And I, she's a jerk. And I, she was really mean. She was like, you can't do this. And I thought, I think I need to do this. And what I wanted to do when I wrote the book was help inspire moms to realize that they can plan intentionally they can plan strategically without filling in every line of the planner. So the premise behind the 15-minute formula is exactly that, using 15-minute chunks throughout your day with intentionality. I think a lot of times we think 15 minutes, just it's whatever, it's just 15 minutes. But what if we said it's just 15 minutes and we started to think about how we can fill our time up a little more strategically. And it's not about multitasking all the time. It's not about having to do something every minute of the day. It's about being strategic about the time you have intentionally so you can actually fill your time later with what matters. And I actually got to use this last week. I'm working on my cleaning routine, not a fave of mine, can't stand it, I don't wanna do it. But I had a vision already set out and I knew what I needed to do in my cleaning routine and I was supposed to dust. It was whatever, a dusting day. And I happened to have an extra 15 minutes before we went to camp and I easily could have been like, cool, well, let me go to TikTok, right? Like, let me just sit down. But I thought, hey, if I can knock this 15 minutes of dusting out now while I have this time, then later after camp, I can take my kids in the pool and like not even worry about it. And that's really the point. It's about knowing where you want to go and creating a vision and then actually creating a plan where less is more and you start to see the confidence. Because Desiree, one of the things I noticed with moms is we have lost our confidence that we can do anything because we feel so defeated. How many times have we made a vision board or had all these goals and said, I'm going to do this and this is my plan. And then we get overwhelmed. I call it the Monday mentality. You know, like, say you like start a diet and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym for two hours a day and like never sniff a piece of chocolate or like look at bread. And then by Tuesday, you're like, screw this. Uh, never mind. I'll try it again on Monday. But what do we do? Monday becomes next Monday, next Monday, next month, next year. And we've gotten in our brains this pattern of not showing up for ourselves. And so what I love about the formula is that when you show up in these 15 minute intentional chunks, it allows quote, just 15 minutes to be enough to be, to like retrain our brains to say, I am a person who shows up. I'm a person who shows up for my goals because I'm worth it. Now we're worth more than 15 minutes, but as busy moms, sometimes that's all we can get. And it's allowing that to be enough to grow in confidence. And then I talk to women in my membership all the time where they're like, I hadn't read a book in years because I felt guilty reading a book because I had all these other things to do. But I started reading 15 minutes a day and now I've read like six books. And that's incredible. And that's the growth that I, that I want moms to see, that they can do it. Yeah, I love that idea because I think typically as moms, we are 
told like, okay, you have to wake up early and have a chunk of time, or you have to have this chunk of time at nap time. If your kid is the age where they take those, you know, one middle of the day naps or the two longer naps. And then, or it's like late into the night, but just this idea that, you know, we can work in 15 minute chunks, it, that kind of changes the game. So what does that look like, like throughout the day, um, you know, people who are in your membership or you yourself, like, where do these, where do they find these 15 minute chunks? Um, like you said, you're like using them to work on your cleaning routine right now, but what are some things we could use or we could, you know, use that 15 minutes to work on just, I just want to hear more about that. Yeah, sure. So I think it really starts with the vision of where you want to go. Because a lot of times we have tons of these 15 minute chunks. We're sitting in the car line, we're at the doctor's office or whatever, but we we don't know what to do with them or we're so overwhelmed because our to-do list is already so long that we're just like, I don't even know where to start, right? That's the big myth is like, just prioritize it. And it's like, actually, if I was to ask any mom what her priorities were, like her kids are top three, right? And if you were like, just work on your top three, you know, the concept of the big three, I use it and I tweak it a bit because I think it's too broad. If I only ever worked on my top three priorities, you know darn well that like me and my self-care and my goals is going to be at the bottom of that, which means it's never going to actually get worked on. And so I think what's key is intentionally pre-planning. And what I actually started doing, and if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't even have these 15 minutes, I want to encourage you to use what I call the microwave minute. And this happened because I literally, in the beginning, was filling up my coffee so many times at the microwave, trying to get it hot. When I, you know, my kids were little, when it was just standing there, I was like zoning out scrolling my phone. And I thought there's got to be something different. And I started using this microwave minute. And so where it started for me is every time I put something in the microwave, I would put away a couple dishes in my dishwasher. And I realized at first I was like, this is stupid. Like two mugs is not going to make any sort of difference. But I didn't realize how many times I was actually standing there at the microwave waiting for something to heat up. So I would continue to do this. And what would happen is during that space, by the end of the day, when it was time to load my dishwasher, it was loaded already. So what this was, was it took down the mental barrier of having to load to reload my dishwasher. That part was done. I just had to load it up and it freed my brain to be like, cool, just do it. Just get this part done. And so what I actually think is key. And for those of you who are like, okay, listen, like, I don't even know where to find the time. I encourage you to think of your microwave minutes in the spaces where you spend time. And I actually keep a chart on the side of my fridge. So I have one for like in the kitchen. And it's like, what are the things I can do at the microwave or when I'm in the kitchen and I have a couple extra minutes before school drop off or whatever. So I could, you know, wipe the counters down or I could load the dishes or take the trash out really quickly, right? Like what are some really fast things that you're gonna do anyway that you can squeeze in intentionally while you have the space? I also have a microwave minute for when I'm in my car because, you know, my kids have sports and we're driving and we're sitting in the pickup and drop off line, excuse me. So what can I do? I could text a friend. I could clean out my dashboard. I can empty the trash. I could read a book or listen to an audio book. I can clean the pictures out of my phone and like start to delete some of those. Those things that I want to do anyway, but I feel like I can't have the time for. Um, You can also make microwave minutes for honestly any single room in your house when your kid's taking a bath. What are the things you can do in the bathroom or near the vicinity of the bathroom Uh, when you're just like around your house or in your backyard? And what's key about this is intentionality. It's not saying the time's going to come and I'm going to get zoned out and, not, and it's going to pass. It's saying, how can I make the use of this time now? And yes, it is kind of a form of multitasking, which our brains don't like, but I call it focus tasking. It's like, how can I do this now so that later 
I'm not having to worry about cleaning my toilet because I did it while my kid was in the bathroom. And now I can sit and read a book with my kid. The thing that's actually important, like whatever, my toilet needs to get clean, but like, what's the real thing here? And so bonus tip, if you have people in your house who can read, ours is printed on the side of our fridge. Now my six-year-old can read, my husband can read, my 16-year-old can read, right? <clears throat> and we put some pictures next to it for my four-year-old. Oh, look, there's an extra time. Hey, we have some time before we have to go to football. Hey, why don't, doesn't everybody grab a, a, you know, a task off there and let's get them done. It doesn't always have to be us doing it, but it's that intentionality. If my kid's standing around, we've got some time. I'll be like, cool, go grab those cups, put them in the sink because our brains are so overloaded that decision fatigue becomes so heavy that we just don't want to make the decision. And this is the first step using the microwave minute is the very first step in starting to retrain our brains as seeing our time as this tool we can use instead of this thing that's just happening to us. And again, it allows us to free up our time later when we want to have a 30 minute chunk to like snuggle on the couch to do something that matters. I think, you know, when you're talking about the bathrooms and like cleaning the bathrooms, I think about the fact that I'm always thinking I need to, you know, have a chunk of time to be able to pick up all my cleaning supplies and go to the bathroom and clean the whole bathroom. But just this idea that, you know, a minute at a time or I know it's not literally a minute, but these but sometimes small... it is though, right? Is we make it so big in our heads. And, you know, if you've never done a time inventory, I really encourage it because, um, we will make tasks huge in our heads. We will complain about them for a long time before we get on them. And I think the other thing, if you couple the microwave minute with the time inventory, it, again, it's all about really retraining our brain and we can like not to science is too much. We can retrain our brains into making it not that big of a deal. And so if you do a time inventory, literally write down for a couple of days, how long these tasks actually take. Because what I learned was it takes me about six minutes to actually load my dishwasher, but I will complain for like 20 good minutes about it. Right. And we make it so big in our heads. And once you can do that, then you get to the point where you're like, right. I, if I have my supplies here, it actually doesn't take that long to just get them done. And then you can race the timer. I like to race the timer a lot and put it on, put on a couple songs on your playlist or a short podcast and just bang them out real quick. I love it. That makes, you know, those tasks that maybe we don't love so much easier, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, time blocking. It's something that you talk about a lot. It's something that um, I know you talk about it a little bit differently than we typically hear about it. So can you first just like talk about what is time blocking? Cause I think so many of us hear it and we're like, I mean, I kind of know what it is, but what in the world is it? And um, what is it? And how is it different from just like an hourly schedule? Why is it better? Just yeah. deep dive. <laughs> Whole thing, time blocking 101. So time blocking is one of my favorite things to talk about actually, because I used to be married to my hourly planner. Like I did not know how to live. And so when I, so for context, when I was a teacher, I was a special education teacher. I was the lead ninth grade teacher. I did push in support, pull out support. I mean, my schedule had to be literally 30 minutes. I sometimes was split in the middle of the period with where I was. So I needed that. When I became a mom, I realized my kid does not care about my schedule. They don't give a rip about our schedules, do they? And I was getting so mad because I thought, it's 9.05, you need to have your shoes on because we need to go somewhere. Why do you not understand? And it was because it's a child who does not understand. And I found time blocking and I needed to make some tweaks to make it work for me. Um, so I'm hoping the way that I explain it today, put some light bulbs up for some people. So the concept of time blocking, um, listen, this can work for people who are super type A um, and like their schedules one way or type B people who are go with the flow because time blocking gives you flexibility and urgency. 
What you're essentially doing in the most basic sense is splitting your day up into, I recommend three to four hours is the magic time uh, blocks of your day. And the reason you do this is because a lot of times we'll say, you ever have a Saturday, you're like, I'm going to go declutter my, my basement, right? And then you keep, you're like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then it's nine o'clock. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, right? We push it off to the end of the day. With time blocking, you're saying, by the end of this block, this is what I'm going to accomplish. So it gives you urgency. But what's cool is you get flexibility because you get to decide what order to do things in. And it doesn't lock you into having to do things in, you know, certain ways. The other thing that I recommend when you're setting up your time blocks is to put them around natural anchors in your day. We all eat. So that's probably like the most basic one that I use for people who are like not sure how to start, or you could do it now, you know, around school. So for example, my time blocks, my ideal. So you always start with your ideal. My ideal time block in the morning is 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Now I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't get up at 5 a.m. right now. I would like to, ideal, but I really typically get up between 6 and 6.30. So, but that block from 5 to 9 is my first block. Why? Because it's when I'd like to wake up and 9 a.m. is when I have to take my kids to school. My next block goes from nine to 12. This could be from like when I take my kids to school to when my littlest is napping. Now my kids are at school. So I schedule my day a little bit differently. I take a lunch break and if, you know, and so 12 o'clock is my lunch. I then have a block from 12 to three for my lunch break to when I pick my kids up. And then I have a chunkier block from three to eight, which is like when I pick them up to when they go to bed. And then I have a block from eight to 11 from when I pick them up or then go to bed to I go to bed. So it's kind of split up based on natural anchors in our days. When you're doing that though, so like first step is, you know, if you're driving, don't do this, right? But maybe get a, a, some empty papers later and map out each day differently. I've noticed a couple um, common things that people get stuck on the time block. And so they think every day needs to look the same. So if you're homeschooling, you might have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. You might have days where your partner is traveling for work or home. And we know like, then they throw off their school. When my husband was out of work, I was like, I love you, man, but get out of my space. This is like when I make my coffee, like you're in my way right now, right? Like all of those things are important. Block out Saturday, Sunday differently and ask yourself, what are my natural anchors and blocks inside of my day? Start there first. That gives you the foundation of when things are going to happen. Now, like I said before, it's urgency. I want it done by the end of the 9 a.m. block, but flexibility because you're going to choose what goes inside. So a lot of people say, well, how do I pick what goes inside? Where do I put things? And that's always the big question. I just don't know when to work on my goals. I don't know when to work on this thing for my business. When am I supposed to do this? And also, if you're working traditional jobs, I always tell people, feel free to have a chunkier block. Like if I was teaching, I would probably have like a seven. Well, I mean, I'm shoot. Reason I burned out, right? I was there 6.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. every night, right? So don't do that. But it's what I did, right? Like I would have a huge chunky block for that. So feel free to make a big block if you're out of the house um, and you don't want to use time blocking at work. But, you know, chunk the time that you're home. The next step is creating themes for each block. The theme for each block does not say, I'm only working on this thing. It's saying, this is where I will focus on this thing. So my five to 9 a.m. block is my self-care block. Do I only work on my own self-care things? No, I have to get my kids fed and out of the house and we have to like do life. But it's where I focus on my self-care tasks. And I'll talk in a second about how to put things in there. I have another block in the afternoon, that three to eight, that's family time. Um, that's when we're doing activities or playing a game or hanging out together. Is that also when we're doing some chores or whatever? Yeah, sure. But I'm focused on my family oriented goals. I have a, my goal, my eight to 11 is my personal goals block. So that might be when I'm doing, or no, actually I've changed it. It's now my relationships block. So that might be when my husband and I watch a TV show together. I might do like a Zoom happy hour with friends, or that's just when I call somebody to say hi or plan stuff like that. 
I theme them out because I found the same roadblock. I have all these goals. I have all these things I want to work on and I don't know where to put them. So go through and theme them. And again, don't just look at one day, look at your seven day spread because you may have a relationship block on Monday and then you, that's it. You just are able to fit one in because you want to put an errands block somewhere else or a chores block, or I call it a mommy block or whatever you want to call it for you. Okay. And you can customize because I think when we look at the week, that's when we start to feel that alignment, right? I think we want to use balance. Balance is this misnomer, right? We've got a little pie chart. Everything's equal. No. Alignment is really the goal here. So if you look at your time block and it's aligned to what your priorities are for your season right now, two thumbs up, you've done it. And sometimes that means that you might have a ton of family blocks and not as many work. And sometimes it means you have a ton of work blocks and not as many family blocks. It's not saying they're not important. It's saying this is my season. So once you've got this kind of really nice aligned schedule, then it's time to push it through and put things inside of it. I want to take a quick break to thank the sponsors that are making today's episode possible. For many of us, as summer winds down, the back to school season is upon us and things get busier. I'm all about setting myself up for success. And one way to do that is every plate. I used to think all meal kits had to be expensive, but I'm realizing that every plate is actually 25% cheaper than grocery shopping and it comes with quality ingredients which are pre-portioned. They not only save you money, but they also help reduce food waste. Between homework, meetings, after school activities, getting dinner done fast is so important this time of year and every plate delivers simple stress-free recipes that come together in just six steps and are ready in around 30 minutes or less. As we have been preparing for back to school. Every plate has helped us get an actual delicious dinner on the table. One of my favorite meals that we've had recently is the caramelized onion burgers. They were fast and easy and they were absolutely delicious. You can get your first box for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code minimalish149. That's getting your first box for just $1.49 per meal at everyplate.com and entering code minimalish149. I also want to thank Aspiration. There are little things that we can do every day to help the climate crisis. What if one thing that you could do to help tackle our negative impact on our climate was just use a different credit card? If you use a credit card as part of your daily purchases, switching to using an Aspiration Zero credit card can crush your negative carbon footprint by just using it daily. Here's how it works. You plant two trees with every purchase that you make with an Aspiration Zero credit card, and two trees soak up about the same amount of carbon dioxide from the air as the average American puts out every day. And along with the reward of knowing that you've turned buying a latte into a way to do your part to help our environment, you get other kind of green rewards too. Cash rewards, unlimited 1% cash back on all of your monthly purchases when you hit carbon zero for the month. Thanks to people like you, Aspirations made a huge impact. They've already planted 75 million trees. Make your dollars make a difference. You can apply for the Aspiration Zero credit card today and earn a $300 welcome bonus after spending $3,000 in the next 90 days. Apply right now at aspiration.com minimalish to go carbon neutral effortless and earn a $300 bonus. Go to aspiration.com minimalish. The Aspiration Zero MasterCard is issued by Beneficial State Bank pursuant to license by MasterCard International Incorporated. Good credit required. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so we've got these time blocks. 
And what I heard you say was we can do things that are kind of like outside the focus or theme of that time block. So in the morning, because you're a mom, because you have kids, you aren't just doing self-care like for four hours of your morning, right? You also are fully having to take care of your kids, get them off to school, everything else. So with that in mind, because that is just a totally different way than I've ever heard time blocking. I'm usually thinking like, if this is my block for, I don't know, like work stuff and I work from home and I have kids, but I'm trying to, you know, I, I should be focused on just this, but how am I supposed to do that? Right. So, so how do you fit the things in? Like, how do you make it flow in a way where it's not frazzled and overwhelming, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. Um, because this is a huge challenge for a lot of us who you're like, oh, this is great, but my kids still need me. And so this goes back to that 15 minute piece. Uh, I mentioned before the big three, which is like a very well-known uh, productivity concept. I actually encourage um, you to do a micro three instead. And instead of focusing on your big priorities, you're going to fo focus on micro priorities for each block. So what does this look like in practice? Let's go back to that self-care block. Instead of just saying, these are the three things I'm going to do today, the question is, during my self-care block or insert block here, what are the three micro, meaning 15 minutes, tasks that I'm going to do for that theme for my goals? Now, I'll say this too. Some of them, things can take five minutes. Sometimes people want to get a 30-minute workout in. We just use 15 because it's like a really nice way for our brains to wrap around it. But if you want to work out for 30 minutes, you can do that as well. But to start, I want you to pick three 15 minute or less tasks for that block. So this might look like, okay, I'm gonna take a 15 minute walk. I'm gonna journal for five minutes and I'm gonna do a five minute meditation. Like those are my three things that I'm gonna do. You said it before, I've got this four hour block. Even if you did 15 minutes, that's really only 45 minutes of those four hours. And what's really cool about time blocking is you don't have to do it right away. You don't have to do it in order. You can do it in the order that flows. And I notice this a lot with like cleaning routines for me, for example, because I can't stand cleaning. I would be so caught up in like, oh, my list says to do the toilets first. And I don't want to do the toilets first. So I would whine in my brain about it. And then I would never get to the second or the third thing because in my head, I had to do it in a certain order. But really with time blocking, it's like, hey, I'm human. What do I feel like doing first? What makes sense first? If my kid wakes up, right before I'm about to go walk on the treadmill and I need to pause, well, then maybe it's a better time to put a headphone in and do 15 minutes of my listening to something while I get breakfast going and then walk after they're settled. And it gives you the flexibility to decide those things. But here's the thing that you need to be willing to do, and that's ditch perfectionism. We have this beautiful image in our heads of what it's going to look like and the blocks and how perfect it's going to be. And I think when my method is most successful for people, it's when they're able to say, this is my ideal version of something. I'm okay with it getting switched around a little bit. Listen, would I like to get up in the morning and have a ton of quiet time and do my whole thing? Yes, but my kids wake up really early. Like my son is up at 5.30. We've tried everything. Like my four-year-old, he got up at 6.30 yesterday and he was like, it's not dark out. And we're like, yeah, because you're not supposed to be up right now. Like it's so early. So would I love this time? Yes. But what changed for me was when I stopped allowing my perfectionism to procrastinate my goals. I stopped saying, well, if I can't get this workout in without my kids around, I won't do it at all. It allows us to switch our brain around things. So what I recommend you do is you make kind of an in-progress block. And time blocking can feel overwhelming if you're just getting started. So I actually would say, take what I'm telling you, and then maybe 
Uh, I teach a concept called routine stacking, and it's essentially so, a slow and steady scaffold of things. You can do this as well. You can say, hey, this week, I'm just going to focus on my three tasks in my nine to 12 block. And then next week, I'm going to also focus on my three tasks in my 12, nine, uh, whatever it is, 12 to three block, and so on. And by the end of a month, you focus on the whole thing. Or because when you start to do it all, we jump in and then we get back into the Monday mentality. So what I recommend you do is you look at the blocks and you ask yourself, what are my three 15 minute tasks? So going back to vision, like I talked about in the beginning that will align my goals. And this might be, I'm going to watch one lesson of a course, or I'm going to complete this chore or whatever it is. And then you can start to say, I'm going to have success in this area because I'm not jamming it in because here's what we do. We get a planner and we think because it has a line, we have to write something on it. And I learned after I have like this massive planner graveyard sitting in here, right? That that's not the point of the planner. Just because the line is there doesn't mean you need to fill it up. So think about the container of time. You've got four hours. Inside that four hours, is it possible for you to fit 15 minutes three, for three different tasks? I think it is. And I think when we can move our head around that, it can help. The thing I will say that um, helps, especially if you're working from home, if you're doing your time blocks and you've got your goals, take a piece of paper, split it in half. Write down the three things you're going to do for this time block, right? So what did I say? Workout, meditate, journal. So those are the three things that you want to do. On the other side of this, I want you to write down what your kids are doing during that time. This happens a lot around like that five, four or five o'clock when we're making dinner and everyone's like clinging on our legs and we're freaking out because we're like, I just need to make dinner. And it's because we hadn't really thought through what they're going to be doing. And so this works really good with working from home. Okay, I'm going to do this podcast episode. I'm going to make these Canva images. I'm going to do whatever. What are my kids doing during that time? And just having that pre-identified, again, intentionality helps. So during my workout, what are my kids doing? My kids watch TV. I work out every morning. My kids watch TV. It is what it is. That's how we get through that. And it works, right? While I'm doing my Bible reading or my journal, what are my kids doing? They're probably still watching TV, but maybe I come up with something else for them. Some independent, some independent activity. Still be sleeping, who knows? But by knowing it, when you're in that frazzled state, by being proactive um, instead of reactive about the routine, it makes it feel better because you're not like, oh, well, I guess I just can't do it because it doesn't look perfect or because it didn't work out. And so when you're doing this in action and in practice every day, you fit your three things in, in whatever order. And this works really good for our kids. So I did this for a routine for my, um, my kids to get ready in the morning. And we started with vision. Like, what are the four things we want to do? Like, I want you to make your bed and brush your teeth and get dressed and clean up your breakfast. Like before we go to camp or school, that was our big. And then we used the routine stacking. We started one at a time. We did one a week. Honestly, I think we did two a week because they're little and they need more time. But what this did was it freed up my brain space for having to decide. Now, I'm going to be honest. Would I like my kids to have done it in a certain order? Do I want them to brush their teeth before they get dressed so they don't get toothpaste all over their clothes like my son does every single day? Yeah, sure. But that's not actually the end goal. The end goal is it gets done. And it was about releasing the perfectionism and saying, hey, this is what you need to get done in your time block. And I, and I don't have to yell about it. I literally, we have like a little chart. And I'm like, hey, go get your magnets because they get like little magnets for it. And I don't care. I really don't care what order they get it done in as long as they get it done. And it teaches them also that they have their own autonomy to be people who wake up a little cranky or who need a little extra time or who just want to do things in a certain order. And I think when we can start to, again, ditch the perfectionism and embrace the intentionality, that's where like that magic in time walking happens. I love that. I love the idea of letting go over the perfectionism because 
I mean, that's something I've had to do a lot lately <laughs> with, <laughs> with a baby. Um, overall, this sounds like something that is completely doable and a way to chunk our time and not feel like I have these, you know, five things I wanted to get done today and it's the end of the day. And now I don't want to do any of them. Um, you talked about themed time blocks earlier and kind of mentioned some of your themes. What do you think, like, what are some of uh, the typical or like best themes for time blocks um, for, I guess, you know, we've mostly been talking like about productivity for moms here. So um, if we're talking a work at home mom, it might look one way. If we're talking a mom who works outside of the home, it might look another way, but are there any themes that you kind of feel like overall, these are themes that you might want to try? Yeah, so there's pretty um, common patterns I've noticed because um, I have a lot of moms that work for me who are, a lot of them are mostly work at home moms starting their businesses, but I also have grandmas and people who are retired and people who are working traditional jobs. So I've seen a lot of different ones that work. Family blocks, the self-care block are big ones. A cleaning or an errands block is also really important to, to have on there. Um, and then when it comes to the working from home thing, what I do recommend you do is you look at your task and you kind of create your own batch blocks. So I work in a batch system Monday through Friday. Um, and so each of my blocks has its own theme and you kind of group all of your common things together because our brain just works better in batches. So I tend to do, what is today, Thursday, almost all my, I have podcast interviews all day. Like either I'm interviewing or being interviewed, I do all of them on Thursdays because I'm in that brain space and it makes sense for me. I have emails I have to write, things like that. So again, I know I keep broken records with this start with the vision but it helps so much so go through and write down whatever your job is what are the main categories of your job brain dump all the tasks that have to happen so you can start to figure out where to batch them together and then the other thing that's key is making a list of kids i can do with my things or my no back up things i can do with my kids around there it is i'm like wait a minute so make this list once you've write them on down there are things that i can do with my kids around again is it annoying? Yeah. I don't really want to work with them around. Sure. But sometimes I have to, right? Sometimes it's just the necessity of it. Can I pin some things on Pinterest, right? Can I post that story to my Instagram real quick? Totally. What are the things you can do? What are the things you don't want to do? I don't want to write a blog post. When I was writing the book, no, heck no. I did not want to write with anybody in the house. I was like, this is my sanctuary. Like I'm only doing it this way. And I made that work. So then when I did have time, when my kids were around, I could, again, back to that microwave minute, they're essentially like your microwave minute tasks, but for work and you can fill them in. The one thing we didn't talk about are these micro blocks that I think are really key to add into your big time blocks um, because they are kind of the catch-all um, for when life happens because life is going to happen. You're gonna over plan, you're gonna forget things and they're not all gonna get done. And so one of the things I recommend you add is a buffer block inside of one of your other blocks. So this is an extra 30 minutes or an hour that is unplanned that literally its goal is to finish all the things you said you were gonna do that you didn't finish because you're not gonna finish it because we put way too many things on our plate. So you can do these one time or multiple times a week however you want to do it. And this allows you to have just like a little bit of space. So typically like Friday nights, we don't really do anything. We might hang out and do game nights with friends. So Friday nights after everyone gets home from school and we're all just sitting around, that is always a really good buffer time for me where I go back to my week and I'm like, oh, what are some of my tiny tasks? Because I break everything down into small tasks that need to get done. And I bang out a couple that are actually urgent. And so I recommend that. The other micro block to add in is uh, actually called thought catcher time. And this came because I was tired of doing the stop and drop. Like, you know, when everyone needs anything and they're like, can you run to the store for this? Can you do this? And what I was doing was stopping my plan 
to help them out. So it happened because my teenager would be like, he was like, Kara, it's my stepson. He was like, Kara, I need deodorant. And I'm like, okay, I'll go as soon as I drop the kids off. Or my husband would be like, oh, I need this for my lunch. And I'd be like, I'm going to go. And I was like, this is so disrespectful to Kara from Sunday who made this really great plan. But I couldn't get mad about it because we teach people how to treat us, right? And I had not created a very good boundary there. I had created, I will solve your problem as soon as it happens. And so what happened was I started to institute thought catcher time. This I do two thought catcher times a week, personal, two a week for my business. And this was all the things that I thought I planned out on the week that popped up when I was like in the shower where all the good ideas come and I forgot to put them in. Because what happens? Life pops up and we say, I don't have the time. So we break our schedules and everything gets off. So on Wednesday mornings from 9 to 9.30, I drop my kids off where they got to go. Everyone's off. I go to Target. I get all the last minute things that I forgot to get that people have been asking for. And then I actually sit in my car and I make a phone calls to like the doctors and all that stuff until 9.30 and then I go home. And I do that every Wednesday because I know that I'm going to forget stuff. Like I'm not perfect. And by having that time, it's now saying, oh, it's Monday. This person needs this thing for me. Like I'm my daughter's Girl Scout leader, right? And I have to like sign up for this thing because we're taking them camping next week. And I'm like, crap, I got to fill out this paperwork. And what I wanted to do last night was stop and just do it right then. And I was like, no, I have a plan for this time. So what did I do? I moved it to my thought catcher time. It's not saying it's not important. It's not saying it's not going to happen. It's saying this is where it's going to fit. And I'm going to respect Kara from Sunday who made that plan. Now, again, emergencies pop up and you do stuff last minute, right? Um, like it is what it is, but it's that productivity. And the one I do on Fridays, I call it admin time. So I mentioned that buffer block. It all kind of ties in all the paperwork from school, the doctor, any of that stuff that just kind of got left. It comes in, we put it in a folder. I don't even care. I'll look, make sure nothing's time dependent. And if it's not, it can wait because here's the thing. We think things are all urgent. And they actually aren't, but we treat everything like it's urgent. And then we're back in reactive mode. So I like that one. Um, and then the last one I call transition time. Think about when you're at school, right? You went to school, you went to history class, the bell rang, you had four minutes to go to biology class. Your brain started to shift from I'm learning history to I'm learning biology. But we don't do that. We just go and we go and we go. And so this happened during the pandemic for me because I had this beautiful plan. It, you know, I would work from eight to 10 in the office. My husband would work. My husband's a high school principal actually. So he had a crazy schedule too. He would work from 10 to 12 in the office. We would swap back and forth. It would be beautiful. First day I walked out at 10 o'clock. All right, time to go. We were doing mommy school. Like here it is. And like the kids hadn't cleaned anything up and no one had had a snack. And I was so pissed off. I was like, what are we doing? And it was because that's not how we work. And so I started to say, what if instead we created transition times in between our blocks? And this will make your nine to 12 block, maybe go to 1215. And I know type A people are like, I can't do that. It's not a big deal if it bleeds over or if it ends early, but you can allow your brain and your kids to transition. Grab a snack, go for a quick walk, go to the bathroom, do a 15 minute pickup of the area, visually make it better. Create this transition saying, now we're moving into mommy's work block. This is what it looks like those types of things. And it creates, it works better with the way our brains are actually wired than moving from one thing to another with no break or pause, because that's what we do to ourselves. We don't give ourselves any sort of break or any sort of, you ever have those days, we all have them where we just don't even sit down all day. And you're like, what just happened, right? This will proactively help you have less of those days. It's a great time to reflect, check your to-do list, move things around. Taking that five minutes to go heat up the coffee and take a, a breath, will allow you to feel more rejuvenated as you go in. So it's really this big picture. You make your big time blocks, you stick your themes inside, you put your goals to fit in there 15 minutes at a time, and then you make sure you add those proactive blocks to be intentional about the time you have. 
I also want to thank Indeed. When you're looking to improve, look for the improvements that build on themselves, like hiring for your business. So how do you actually get better at hiring? Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. I love the assessments feature within Indeed. There are over 135 assessment tests to choose from, from cooking to coding. Your candidates get to prove themselves before the interviewing so that you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Indeed is the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. So you can join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at indeed.com slash minimalish. Offers good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash minimalish. Indeed.com slash minimalish. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love that. I like the idea of the transition too, because it is so true. We don't think about that. And as teachers, um, we can both relate to the fact that like a lot of times we built that into our lesson plans when we taught of like, okay, well, we're transitioning from one activity to the next. What are the kids going to do during this time so that chaos doesn't ensue? And, you know, whether it's home with kids or it's like just us at work, chaos kind of happens if there's no transitions because eventually our brains are going to shut down and be like, yeah, we, we can't just keep, <laughs> keep going and keep yes, going. Exactly. Um, okay. So this is all so good and I, I'm excited to take it and take action on it, but I want to know, like, if someone's listening to this and thinking like, I want to do all of it right now, <laughs> you know, I want to put this into yes. practice. <laughs> I would like it to look the exact way I want to do, want it to look by tomorrow. Um, obviously that's a good way to fail, right? Yep. <laughs> or at least just like, you know, it's not, it's not going to work out that way. So what are some, I guess, like first steps to getting started? What are, what's like the first thing you suggest to do anything else that can help us like start off on a good foot and build. Yes. So very common. I always tell people this, like when we do that, we get stuck in that Monday mentality and, you know, people, but Kara, it's going to take so long to get there. And, you know, I particularly say like, well, but how's that working for you so far? Right? Like how has it worked for you? And so giving this actually doing less is more approach, I think can help you be successful. So the very first thing I would tell people to do is a time inventory. Take the next three to five days and just write down how long stuff is actually taking you and what you're doing. And what you're going to learn is where you're overestimating your time and um, saying it's going to take longer, where you're underestimating your time, and then therefore maybe jamming too many things into your time block because you don't think it's going to take as long. And you're going to start to see patterns of things you can batch either in your work or your home. Do you notice that you are going to the store every single day? Okay, well, that's a good place to find a batch of when you run all your errands, right? What are the things that you notice you're doing? Once you've got that and you've grabbed those highlighters and you've kind of analyzed your stuff, then just go through and block your time blocks out and then start with one, one day, one block and try to give it a try. So good. I love it. Well, thank you so much for all of that. It, 
I feel like you just gave us so much in this time. So I really appreciate that. Um, before you go though, I do have two questions that I like to ask every guest for fun as we end. So the first one is, uh, what's something that you're simplifying right now? Okay. Yeah. I saw this and I was thinking about it and I was like, what am I simplifying? And I almost said my schedule, but that's a laugh. Cause I'm not, um, but what <laughs> I am simplifying is my meals because I also don't like cooking. I don't, I don't adult very well. And so, um, cooking is not also a thing that I like. And so instead of going into the season, so I mentioned I have three kids. Um, in like six activities like they just there's a lot happening right now my oldest is getting ready for PSATs in college like we just have a lot happening in our schedule and I need to make dinner easy and I keep trying to think in my brain I should be doing all these things and that's just a little hint if you ever hear yourself saying should that is like a trigger that that is a belief system somewhere telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing so analyze that I should be making all these new meals and blah 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 and so I said, nope, for September, I am just simplifying it. We're going to rinse and repeat our three faves. We're going to eat leftovers and we're going to be fine so that we can do it. Especially because like I mentioned, my husband's a principal. September is the busiest time of year for him. We barely see him. So instead of stressing myself out, trying to work on my cooking goals, I'm simplifying that. I love that. That is something I am also simplifying as we start the school year. I'm just like, I'm making batch like larger things. We're going to eat them over the next three days. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is something that you're loving right now? Okay. So I have been in a really good reading kick. I am an avid reader. I absolutely love it. I stopped reading for a really long time um, because life and kids. And I did that thing where I said I couldn't have time for reading. Um, and I've gotten back to it and I'll just like devour books right now. So I am actually loving the fact that I am back into a good space where I can like finish a book in like three days. And uh, I just finished a Colleen Hoover. I don't know if you're any Colleen Hoover. So I just finished one of hers, very popular books. Um, but I just love reading. And I know a lot of us feel guilty about that, like taking time for that, but screw that. I'm over that. I love it. I literally was on vacation this weekend and I told my sister, I was like, listen, I'm not trying to be antisocial, but I'm going to carry a book around and I will literally read in 15 minute pockets. So I was like, so uh, I promise I'll talk to you, but I, I really just want to read my book right now. No shame about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. And it's great to, I feel like that is like a healthy marker of like, am I giving myself time to read or whatever else thing it is that you love to do? Well, thank you again for your time and for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was a fun chat. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I personally am so excited to try out some of the things Kara was talking about. I specifically am about to sit down with my planner, with my mind, <laughs> with my calendar, and just kind of jot out some possible time blocks. And I'm going to start with one, just like she said. Just start with one and then stack on top of that. Time blocking has always been something I've been intrigued by, but for some reason, it just hasn't worked for me. So I love the way that Kara talks about it. And I really do think this could work for me and could be a productivity hack that actually works for this type B person over here. <laughs> And it is one that I need because the school year is starting, things are about to get busier over here, and I really need something to organize my time, make sure I'm getting all the things that need to be done, done. With all that said, if you enjoyed this episode and if it helped you in any way, would you share it with a friend or share it on Instagram, share it wherever you like to share things. I would be super appreciative of that as always. I am so thankful that you're here and listening in. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.